0: Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful in Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome, 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 welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera. And I am in studio today with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. It is so great to be here in the studio. Oh, yeah, baby. This is good stuff. So we are studying the Torah portion today. Shemini, you didn't know this, but... um, What about Shemini? uh, Well, here's the thing. See, it's a little known fact that in uh, Mary Poppins, it's not Shemini, it's Shemini. They're actually singing about the Torah portion, 8th. I'm not buying that. Even Mary Poppins loves Leviticus.
1: You had to throw that right out of the game. It
0: is. It is. Absolutely. So... Uh, it means eighth, uh, as you guys know on our our little thing. Eight means new beginnings, uh, and this Torah portion is found in the Book of Leviticus, uh, chapter nine and verse one, and ending in chapter eleven and verse forty-seven. A couple of disparate topics to cover today, but we're going to get to all of them as we go. Listen, once again, this is Pastor Nick's
1: favorite book. Okay, now ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life and show you the treasure of Leviticus. You know, uh, yesterday after the Torah study, my wife made me a hamburger. She had a hamburger, and she took that hamburger, and she put it between two pieces of bread, and even some cheese, lettuce, tomato, mustard, and mayonnaise, okay? So what I'm trying to tell you is that if she were to hand me that sandwich or that hamburger without the hamburger, I don't think I would have been happy. So Leviticus is like the hamburger, to the left is Genesis and Exodus, you know, and there's the bread. There's the meat, Leviticus, and to the right, you have Numbers and Deuteronomy. Need I say more? It's the center. It's the meat. It's the meat. It's literally the meat. It's the barbecue. Yeah. Think about it. This is incredible. So as we begin to look at this book, just remember, you know, it's important that you understand God's God's providence, His plan, His procedures. Leviticus, uh, the theme is, you shall be holy. Now Leviticus, once again, it starts with consecration, it ends in consecration. How many that we live in a filthy, dirty world. And so once again, it starts with consecration, it ends with consecration. Um, chapters 1 through 17 is the way to God. So as we look at this particular Torah portion, Leviticus chapter 9 verse 1, all the way through, chapter 11 verse 47, Ryan, would this be the way to God? This is the way to God. This is the way to God until we get to 18, and then 18 to 27 in the chapters of Leviticus would be the walk with God. So here we have it. It's incredible. It really is. And we're talking about holiness, holiness. Once again, as you read the book of Leviticus, look for the procedures, look for the process, you know, what's the principle, you know? And so we're looking at some incredible things happening: inauguration and ordination of Aaron and his sons. So Aaron's going to offer up sacrifices in Leviticus chapter nine, verses one through ten. And then, of course, uh, here's a good question, Uh, Ryan: What took place on the eighth day as they uh, as they designated the uh, the priesthood to ordain them and to dedicate them? Uh, What took place on the eighth day?
0: Uh, Aaron and his sons offered up. Offerings for themselves and for the people. Wow.
1: See, the priest is not above her approach. They needed a burnt offering, they need a sin offering. That's incredible. So they offer up offerings for themselves and the people. Uh, Here we go. In Leviticus chapter 9, verse 5, here's a great question Who drew near and stood before the Lord? This is going to be all the
0: congregation. Wow. I wonder about this sometimes because if you see like a life size model of the tabernacle, it's not that big. So then when you think of a million people trying to peek through the door...
1: Oh, listen, (laughs) you talk about an entourage. You know what's interesting, and I want to share this with a lot of you, uh, as you look at a church and the church government that's supposed to be in place for your community, uh, it's amazing how, uh, as we see the example here, uh, it's the congregation that is going to accept the priesthood into their midst... And send them out to do their bidding to do mm. the work. You know, so many people today send themselves out. Oh yeah. And see, there's no accountability, Ryan. There's no community, no fallback. Just like even in the in the government of the United States of America, there's three branches of government to safeguard things, you know. And I'm only throwing that out there because we're living in times now where, where you know people are just sending themselves out, and, and that's a dangerous place to be. Even Yeshua said go out by two, you know. Two by two. So all the congregation is going to witness this, uh, because once again, the priesthood is going to minister to them. So what does it say in Leviticus 9-7, Ryan? It says, It
0: says, And Moses said unto Aaron, Go unto the altar, and offer thy sin offering, and thy burnt offering, and make an atonement for thyself and for the people, and offer the offering of the people, and make an atonement for them, as the Lord commanded.
1: Wow. You know, as we go throughout life, you know, you think about this, this is a dedication, but what's the protocol? Hey, you know what? You're going to need a burnt offering. You're going to need a sin offering because Aaron, you ain't cutting it. You and your sons, you have faults, you have sins. And so once again, uh, this, this word atonement, uh, we talk about at one meant Mm. atonement at one meant. Uh, Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And of course, once we get moving down the line here, uh, Aaron's going to lift up his hand toward the people to bless them. Praise God. Aaron's going to lift up his hand toward the people to bless them. We love to extend our hand to our children as we bless them, the the children's blessing and everything. We extend a hand to them, and it's a sign of, of blessing. Also, both arms up in the air also means surrender, but it also means the sacrifice is ready. So when you lift up your hands, you're saying the sacrifice is ready. Come and take it. I think that's amazing. So as we begin to see things progressing forward here, an incredible ordination and and, and inauguration, as well as the grand opening of the Tabernacle of Moses. Uh, I'm going to have Ryan read Leviticus chapter 9, verses 23
0: and 24 uh, in regards to, to this glory. That's right, it's about to get serious here. Uh, Verse 23 and 24, it says, And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out, and blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces."
1: Wow. You know, if we would just slow down corporately when we come together, man, we can experience the glory of the Lord, Ryan. You know, and that's the thing. You know, uh, the, the question is in our, in our handouts here, as part of the outline on Monday night in, in Shemini or the eighth day, uh, the question is what is it going to take for us to truly experience the glory of God corporately today? You know, so as we all, we all love the Lord, we all love Jesus, Yeshua, Hamashiach, the Messiah, and we come together, and we practice our faith, and we just anticipate the move of God. We want to be together. We want the corporate anointing, and see, it's a, it's a matter of the heart. It's an attitude. And I love Exodus nineteen five where he says, and this is, of course, at Mount Sinai, giving of the Torah, the marriage covenant between uh, the Lord and the people. He says, now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And we talk about that word peculiar uh, treasure. It's segula. It's a jewel that's held in the hand tightly. It's not a ring. It's not a necklace. It's a very special people. It says, uh, you will be above all people, Ryan if we just hear his voice and keep his covenant yeah. you know and i share this from my heart everyone the father has has truly put a love for the jewish people in my heart you know and i hear his voice saying i want you to love the jewish people unconditionally i want you to bless them speak highly of them and i want you to pray for them you know and i'm thinking wow that that's his that's his voice you know, he's not saying stay away or this or that. He's like, extend a hand to them because they're coming. Remember, Judah approaches Joseph in the Torah portion. Listen, the, the, the Jewish people from Israel, Ryan, are coming over 6,000 miles to be with us at Beit Tehillah, you know, a Christian community that is, that is of course, practicing their Hebrew roots. And, and so with that, Ryan, also when, when we want God's glory, people want signs and wonders and miracles, but if you want His glory... I've learned even as a leader, you have to have honesty. Mm-hmm. You know, honest praise, honest lips, yeah. an honest heart. You know, to be honest, and I love it when people fall short or they'll say something like, "You know what? I dropped the ball." Or this, I said, "You know, what? I want to thank you for sharing that. Confess your faults one to another." But I appreciate honesty in people because, to me, it's 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 better to say, "Hey, you know, I dropped the ball. That's on me." And so, honesty will actually, I I believe it will actually. Bring the glory of god and you know moses was an intercessor so as he interceded for the people out of his own heart god said listen i'm gonna put you in the cleft of the rock and i'm gonna let you see my backside so what if we're intercessors ryan what if we're praying for people that have done us wrong or they're indifferent or or they're they're trying to hurt us or bring us harm what if we intercede for them ryan we're gonna get his glory
0: yeah, I, have, I, I, I agree with that. I also have uh, one additional thought to add to that, and that's just that, you know, the, the glory of God actually shows up when God is accepting the offering. Um, and so in order for that to happen, there has to be an offering. What are you doing to serve the Lord? you want to see the glory of God? you want to see God work and God move? Participate in what He's doing. Work in His kingdom. Serve, you know, at His altar. Um, help. So much to do. That's right. There is. there just absolutely is, and so it's. It's. Um. Anyways, I just thought that was interesting. You know, if you have an offering to give, then bring it to the Lord, and you'll see His glory.
1: I mean, think about it, Ryan. If our heart lines up with our services every week, that's the battle. Yeah, of it's course. over your heart. Yeah, of you know, our heart is wicked. We need a new heart. Oof. You know, we need to circumcise it. You know. And uh, we had somebody that just came back from Israel, and they said God really circumcised their heart and was cutting things away that weren't good. Yeah, of course. And all the way around. And so I'm just saying to all of you listening, uh, when you come to the community, have a good attitude. Lift lift your spirits high to the Lord. You know, give praise to Him. You know, it talks about what entering uh, into His what? His gates with thanksgiving. And His courts with praise. That's right. So if if we come in and have a good attitude and not be squabbling with our wife or kids or whatever, and we come in and we, we tell the kids, hey, man, Dad's going to worship the Lord. And that's what I try to tell my daughters that are sitting next to me. You know, They'll be pulling on me or doing something. I say, listen, Daddy's worshiping the Lord right now, and I want you to worship Him too because He wants your worship. You know, if, if, if we display that, if we show that uh, as the man follows Christ and the woman follows the man, the children follow suit. You know, you don't want to break up the divine order, and that's the problem a lot of times. If the man is not looking to Christ, or he's not the spiritual leader of the home, or ministering in spiritual exercises, uh, something's broke, Ryan. You know, I, I always tell everyone, but they say, but you know what, I'm getting by, I'm working, I'm working it. Yeah, but you know what, you can ride a bike on a flat tire, but that's not... That's not the best scenario. What if you, you had air? Why in would that you time? want to, right? How much easier and better is it to follow God's divine order? And I would share that as well, Ryan, that in God's molten you know, his his multi purpose plan for all of us, uh, you know, if we just follow his divine order and how he created things and how things work Life is so much better. Oh, okay. so sure. Think about that. You know, that's without a doubt. So we're going to move on now to Nadab and Abihu's sin in Leviticus chapter ten, verses one through eleven. Once again, now uh, sacrifices are accepted. The tabernacle is fully operational. Now they're going to kick it in and they're going to start operating uh, through operating procedures here. So Ryan's going to read verses one through eleven, and then we'll discuss it.
0: All right. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer, and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord, and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. And Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said unto them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So they went near and carried them in their coats out of the camp, And Moses had, as Moses had said. And Moses said unto Aaron and unto Eliezer and unto Itamar, his sons... Uncover not your heads, neither rend your clothes, lest ye die, and lest wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord hath kindled. And ye shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. For the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you, and they did according to the word of Moses. And the Lord spake unto Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine, nor strong drink. "...thou nor thy sons with thee, when ye go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations, and that ye may put difference between holy and unholy, and between clean and, or unclean and clean, and that ye may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord hath spoken unto them by the hand of Moses."
1: All right, so here we go. Now we have the priesthood kicking it all in. How many that we could all be made an example? So Nadab and Abihu were not a good example. So right out of the gate, they broke protocol. Just remember that. They broke protocol. So they offered up strange fire to the Lord. So strange fire, is, it's a very interesting concept here. Uh, but basically, the, the, the statement is this. The fire did not come from the altar of burnt offering, mm. so get this picture. And I'm okay. not going to have all the references, but you can look this up later. Uh, the altar, the burnt, or the, yeah, the altar of burnt offering would be lit the whole time. There would always be a fire under the altar, and that's a picture of salvation or being born again. We all had got born again at different times of the day, different times of the year, but you had to have the altar burning at all time continually unless you were, of course, on the move. So think about that. Uh, strange fire would be that they did not get the fire from the altar of burnt offering. Now, think about this fire that's under the altar of burnt offering. Why is this so important, Ryan? It has to stay lit and, and keep going because that fire would light the menorah. That fire from the altar would also light the incense. Yeah. So when you have you know, fire pans and censers and all these things. Because of that, it says right here in Leviticus 10, 2, and there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Now, it it says basically uh, fire from the Lord, uh, and we can take that literally, but basically he took their breath. He took their breath and they collapsed, okay? So just think about that. Um, And as we begin to look at this, all of a sudden, now Moses says in, in, in Leviticus 10.3, Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified, and Aaron held his peace.
0: That's, so, a, that's tough. I mean, Aaron's, you know, just his Well, both think what happens.
1: This, this is how the story is unfolding. So Moses is basically saying, hey, listen. Okay, the two things that the Lord needs is to be sanctified. And glorified. So think about it, Ryan. Spiritual exercises help us to sanctify and glorify God. You know, just like as we uh, read the word, as we worship, as we, of course, pray uh, the prayers that the Father would have us to pray, the right things, we, of course, can sanctify and glorify God. And what that does, Ryan, it makes people uncomfortable. Because now you got to do a spiritual audit and you feel uncomfortable because the word's being read, things are being shared, and you know. Because you haven't been in the Bible, your image is tainted. You, you start to look like the world and act like the world when God is telling you that, hey, I've severed you from the people. I've severed you. I've, I've taken you to myself. So the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, carried Nadab and Buhu out of the camp, these two gentlemen, Mishael and el Uh, And then, of course, um, something to consider as well in Leviticus 10.9 uh, when the priests entered the tabernacle, wine and strong drink were forbidden. So right out of the gate, we know that they offered up strange fire. Number one, the fire didn't come from the altar. These are points to be made. Number two, they had a little too much to drink. For whatever reason, they were not in their right mind. Their their senses, uh, you know, were not were not sharp. You know, they were not sober minded.
0: Well, this is this is how I imagine this going down. So <clears throat> these guys. They have this, you know, what is it, seven days of, of consecrating the altar and festivities and whatnot, but then everything kind of dies down, and now comes the first early morning shift, right? And they stumble in, probably drunk from the night before, or whatever. They realize that oh, we were supposed to keep this thing burning overnight because That's now a good point. now starts the daily service, right? This isn't just a hey, let's party for seven days. This is a hey, we're going to do this every day. Strange fire day in and day out. And so they had to get their bick lighter out, you know, or whatever, you know, knock some sticks together whatever it takes.
1: The bottom line is they did not get the fire from the altar.
0: No, the point is you can't schlep in. You have to prepare. But that's the
1: protocol. That's correct. That's that's the spiritual laws. You know, think about it. So in Leviticus ten nine, any priest that disobeyed the Lord's command would die. You know, so so think about it. Don't offer up strange fire. Get the fire from the altar. Number two, uh, you know, it, it's just like, you know, uh, drunkenness is is not allowed in the kingdom of God. It's a sin. Um, so I don't recommend that, you know, people have, you know, beer and wine before going to the services. Or if you're in leadership or the pastor, you know, a little schnockered, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's not good. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and that's what I'm saying. That's when you know you have a problem. Um, and so in Leviticus chapter 10, verses 10, i gonna have Ryan read that, because uh, this is so important that we understand this. And this is not to be used against the world. How many of you know we're not to judge the world? Judgment begins with the house of God. What does that mean, everyone? Don't be fearful over that. It simply means that to render a judgment means a right decision of the kingdom of God. Yeah, hopefully you know hopefully the right judgment. wrong. Yeah,
0: hopefully the judgment's in judgment your favor. But judgment begins
1: with the house of God, meaning that our house of God, Ryan, as a church government, as the kingdom of God, Kingdom now theology, think about it. We are going to make the right decisions in our community. It starts with us, yes, that's and right. then it works its way out. You know, and so when people don't adhere to that, they're just like the world then. But but check out Leviticus chapter 10, verses 10 11 This is right out of the gate. This is the inauguration. This is the opening ceremony for Tabernacle of Moses.
0: And it says, in that ye may put difference between holy and unholy, and between unclean and clean. And that ye may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord hath spoken unto them by the hand of Moses.
1: You know, and this is not about being self-righteous or holier than thou. What it is is God's got a better way. Oh yeah. There's a better way. Somebody would say to me, Well, I gotta give up I gotta give up dating? Yeah, God's got betrothal. What do you mean? I got to give up this or that? Yeah, but look what God says you can't eat, you know. And so there's a better way, right? And that's the thing that God is showing us. He's getting back to his original model. Why? Because the bride's got to prepare herself and make herself ready. Now, um, Aaron and his sons got to eat the meat offering. Uh, And then, of course, the wave breast and the heave shoulder could be eaten by the priests from the peace offering. Once again, a little tidbit in there in regards to the meal offering, grain offering, or the meat offering. The sons, uh, Aaron's sons got to eat this uh, the wave breast and the heave shoulder could be eaten by the priests from the peace offering. Now, this is a great question because Moses is angry now. So Moses was angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, the sons of Aaron. So, so why was he mad, Aaron? I mean, think think about, He's mad at Aaron because of Eleazar and Ithamar, and what they did in regard to the sacrifice. Well, here it is: they let the sin offering turn into a burnt offering. Did not apply the blood as atonement for the people. And Did not eat it in the holy place, so they turned that offering, that sin offering, into a burnt offering, you know. And uh, they were like saying, Hey, listen, these two guys just died, and everything stopped. The, yeah, there's the an example, the example's been set, the right? whole process has stopped because now it's like they didn't follow the protocol, they died. There is no way. They were going to take that offering off the altar at that point in time. Can so you
0: imagine being Eleazar and Itamar though? Aaron, the, Aaron's
1: the father. He, he tells Moses, "Hey, listen, would it be right for them to take it off the altar at this point?" So it was consumed. Now I'm thinking that because of their offering and they their breath was taken, they died. They were not; those two priests were not able to take that offering off to make it a sin offering, yeah. where you could actually eat part of it. This thing went up in smoke. I mean. <laughs> It went up. So think about it, everybody. So because of Nate Abbott and Abihu, they broke the policies and procedures. For sure. You know, it's like at the church, you know, there has to be policies and procedures. It can't be a free-for-all. I'll give you an example. So many people want to just come and put stuff out, like pamphlets and propaganda and their business or whatever, in the church lobby. No, there's a procedure we have to monitor what's what's being put. Yeah, on we
0: have there. a gatekeeper. You know. Her name is Kathy. I, yeah. I mean, I'm just telling you
1: guys, we, we had this woman put out stuff, you know, that's the spirit of Antichrist that Jesus is not God and just put it out there on the counter, you know, and here here's this stuff sitting there. Yeah, and, and then like, the new people what? come in what and they're like, this? What do you guys
0: believe? What is going on
1: here? You know? Yeah. And it's just like, you know, we don't personally promote everybody's businesses. Hey, let's do a, let's do everybody's business on the board here, you know. This is not network marketing. This is not this is this is a church. And through word of mouth, you can promote your business. You can grow your business. But I'll tell you right, and you know this, people come in with the wrong motives. For like sure. Like the church is a gold mine. I mean, if I can get in this church, I can get a lot of sales. Mm. But it's the wrong motives. Yeah. But if you attend here, you know, and, and I tell you, I'm the first one to say that I would give a Christian uh, the business over over anybody else, you know, if they have integrity and do good work. But once again, look what's happened. Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, quickly here, going to Revelation. Some of you are wondering if this is even relevant for today. Uh, I would say yes. In in Revelation, you know, John was taken up there. And how many of you know that Moses was shown the pattern to build the tabernacle of Moses? He was shown the pattern from heaven. So John is going to be up there in heaven, the Apostle John, the beloved disciple. And I want to read to you in Revelation 8 in regards to this, this altar Uh, of burnt offering and the altar of incense check this out in revelation 8 3 once again there's going to be a distinction between the two altars there's a golden altar and the altar of burnt offering check this out and another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne ryan did you catch that i did so let me ask you a question. This just crossed my mind. If the golden altar is before the throne, what would the throne be symbolic of? The ark. The ark of the covenant. So look what happens here. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. Now, check this out in verse 5 of Revelation 8. Here we go, right out of the New Testament. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire. There's the altar in heaven, the altar of burnt offering. And cast it into the lightnings and an earthquake. So we have a golden altar, censers, where they're going to do what? Put the fire from the altar into the incense and hurl it to the earth. The perfect will of God. Remember, the altar of incense. Meet me at the altar of incense. Check out that teaching on YouTube. Meet me at the altar of incense. Here it goes, Ryan. So that that's incredible, you know. And, uh, and I'm just I'm just looking at this, you know, and of course Aaron gave a good response to Moses about uh, this particular situation. Do you have any closing thoughts on Nadab and Abihu?
0: Um, I have uh, two thoughts. Before um, we get
1: into the next chapter.
0: Yeah, first off, um, you know, everybody wants to... Uh, I say everybody. There, there's a lot of people in the church that want to be a pastor, or they want to be a priest, or they want to jump into clergy or ministry of, of you know, uh, you know, what do they call it? Full time ministry or vocational ministry? Right. Um, the standard is high. Uh, the priests did a lot of work. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, pastors and, and so on, when when they're doing their job effectively and, and properly, they they deserve the respect that they're given in that position. And so people want the respect, but they don't necessarily want to keep the protocol and do things the right way. Nate Abinabehu is a perfect example of what happens when when that when you're careless with your responsibilities before God. And the second thing is uh, clean and unclean it's uh, or unclean is, is tame and clean is tahara, right? So you have tame and tahara. This these biblical principles of clean and unclean, you will find throughout the rest of scripture. The idea that this is clean and that is unclean. Being unclean doesn't necessarily make it a sin unless you're doing it in the in the context that where it becomes a sin. Um, and so there's there's some specifics to that, and we may get into that in another tour portion, I think. But
1: absolutely. So, Ryan, you're going to read Leviticus chapter 11, verses 1 through 12. Uh, the topic is clean and unclean animals.
0: Oh, we're going to get into clean and unclean oh, animals. Oh, this is right going now. to be a little controversy, folks. Oh, listen, I'm excited. It's a choice. I'm excited about this part. So here we go. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron, saying unto them, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, These are the beasts which ye shall eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. Whatsoever parteth the hoof, and is cloven-footed, and cheweth the cud among the beasts, that shall ye eat. Nevertheless, these shall ye not eat of them that chew the cud, or of them that divide the hoof. As the camel, because he cheweth the cud... But divideth not the hoof, he is unclean unto you. And the coney, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean unto you. And the hare, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean unto you. And the swine, though he divide the hoof and be cloven footed, yet he cheweth not the cud, he is unclean to you. Or uh, of their flesh shall ye not eat. And their carcass shall ye not touch, they are unclean to you. And these ye shall eat uh, of all that are in the waters, whatsoever hath fins and scales in the waters, in the seas and in the rivers, them shall ye eat. And all that have not fins and scales in the seas and in the rivers, of all that move in the waters, and of the living thing which is in the waters, they shall be an abomination unto you. They shall be even an abomination unto you, ye shall not eat of their flesh." But ye shall have their carcasses in, in, in abomination. Whatsoever hath no fins nor scales in the waters shall be an abomination unto you. So this is going to be a fun game, you know. Uh, so here,
1: here's the question, Ryan. Did the Lord tell the children of Israel what they could and could not eat?
0: He absolutely did.
1: He yeah. points it out, Right. Okay, so let's just break this down. We can, we're going to go into a little more detail. Ryan's going to share some more as well. Let's, let's get the nuts and bolts here in this particular chapter. Because remember, it's a choice, everyone. You make a choice, what you're going to eat and what you're not going to eat, based upon these scriptures. This is actually part of the Hebrews of the Christian faith, to be honest with you. So here, here's a good question, Ryan. What were the three requirements needed to eat a beast of the earth? Leviticus 11.3. What were the three
0: requirements? Uh, has to uh, Parteth the hoof has to be cloven-footed, and has to chew the cud.
1: There you go. There's the three requirements, you know. And they're going to give some examples of some animals in, in here in the King James Version of the Bible, and you could develop this as well. Uh, so this is, this is very interesting. The following should not be eaten, which is, of course, the camel, coney, the hare, which is a rabbit, or swine. Once again, this is not even considered food among the Jewish people. Uh, think about it, everyone. You are not to eat these things. They are unclean. Uh, it also goes on to tell you that you cannot touch the carcass of an unclean animal. Uh, now, the, the the question was, what if it's alive and you touch it? Are you unclean? No. Interesting. I think it's if it's dead, it's a carcass. Oh, well, correct. Uh, of course, you're not su- supposed to touch a dead body anyway. But that's another uh,
0: no. But in but of if a clean animal's carcass within a certain time period, not only can you touch it, but you can eat it. I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, but you can't. I guess you can't eat roadkill,
1: even if Correct. it's clean. If you find a carcass or something. Uh, so once again, uh, those are the requirements for the beasts of the earth, uh, and now we're going to look at, of course, um, what are two requirements needed for the children of Israel to eat something from the water. Whether salt saltwater, freshwater, Ryan, tell us those two things that it
0: needs. Fins and scales. No calamari, no octopus, no uh, crab. There you, know, you go. No no lobster. There you
1: go. No shrimp. Wow. You know, this is interesting. I had a guy that was in Vietnam, and he was along the riverbank there, and uh, he said he would see bodies and crabs just eating the human bodies. With you know, The crabs were just on top of it, just digesting and eating. You know, and, uh, and and think about that. So it's got to have fins and scales. So you can actually develop that for yourself. You can study that for yourself. There's plenty of uh, uh, resources out there to tell you what has fins and scales. Now, I'm going to tell you a story, Ryan. This is so fun. I know you can relate this. Have you ever just really asked the waiter or waitress, does the fish have fins and scales? Every time, they have to go back to the cook or go back to the kitchen. Yeah. Well, you know, I go, I really need to know.
0: Yeah. No, in There's, these cases, this is something you, maybe you should just know you on your own. You should probably own.
1: know. Or you can ask... What Ra- about like flounder? Ask Rabbi Schmugel. Flounder has what? Fins and scales? Sure. Shrimp doesn't.
0: No, well, it's shrimp's got a crustacean. has got scales, but yeah. it's a
1: crustacean. Yeah. So think about it, everybody. You can't eat lobster. It's a cockroach of the of the, of the sea, bottom dweller. Yeah. Can't have catfish with those whiskers. Yeah, no. No. no say no to catfish. Yeah. These are just some some, some things, you know, uh, because um, that's just the way it's designed, you know. Just because God created it doesn't mean you eat it. Yeah. So we have that. So the following should not be eaten among the fowls. So these are the things that can fly. Uh, the eagle, the osprey, the vulture, the raven, the owl, can't eat a swan, pelican, stork, and this is interesting. You cannot eat bat. Now, this is the only mammal that can fly is a bat. I find that frustrating. you cannot eat that mammal. It's the only mammal that can fly. That's a little trivia question for you. I was going to have
0: bat wings You can't
1: have any of that. There's not a lot of meat on there. So (laughs) think about it. I'm glad we can't eat the eagle because, you know, that's our national bird. Yeah. That's our representative of America. America. Uh, But as we move down the line here, for the sake of time, um, Leviticus chapter 11, verses 21 and 22. Uh, In regard to uh, creeping things as well, or any form of insect, go ahead and read that, Ryan. It's kind of interesting. I have to do my own little research on this particular uh, portion of the dietary laws. If
0: you want to read it, Ryan, Leviticus 11, verses 21 and 22. we Will do. It says, Yet these may ye eat of every uh, flying, creeping thing that goeth upon all four, which have legs above their feet, to leap withal upon the earth. Even these of them ye may eat, the locust after his kind... And the bald locust after his kind, and the beetle after his kind, and the grasshopper after his kind. Mm, man, I'll tell you, you, ever had roasted roasted cricket? You know, but I mean, it's a type of grasshopper
1: or, or, or insect. This know. is a type.
0: I mean, it says beetle, locust. I don't know, man. I don't know. That, that sounds delicious. No, no, no. I'll pass on that.
1: Yeah, I'll declare it's a just fast. To, it's
0: just totally keto friendly. Man. I don't know, yes. but anyway,
1: I I need to research this out for myself. So there's only certain grasshoppers or creeping things that you can eat. Mm. Um, I don't know, you know, and in, in, in I'm not going to go into the scriptures, but it, it said that John the Baptist ate locust and honey. Yeah. But some of the uh, versions uh, in the Greek, though, it's it's carob. The word is supposed to be like the carob tree, a little chocolate, right. like that's where you get chocolate. You know, he was actually eating well, chocolate and honey. Yeah, it's locust Something tree. like that. Well, they had so it, a locust It's something tree. to think about. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that John the Baptist ate bugs, but if he did... They were kosher. You know what they say: if the shoe fits. I'm just telling you, Ryan, that you know, if he if he ate locusts, then so be it. But they, they were definitely uh, from this particular. I think portion it aids to his like man's Leviticus man. 11, 21 to twenty two persona. You know. Yeah, he was not a, he was not materialistic. Mm. He was teaching a message of repentance. So here we go. Uh, a person was unclean after touching an unclean carcass until the evening. So when you say even, uh, that's the evening. Only until the evening, uh, the person who touched the unclean thing had to wash their clothes. See, this is the ceremonial part of the law that you know that people would say, "Oh, that's been done away with." Blah blah blah. And I res- I, I respect that. I see that there's no temple or whatever. But I love the 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 the, the ceremonial things of slowing us down, checks and balances. You know, yeah. and it goes on to say that the of course the the following uh, should not be eaten that creeps upon the earth. It continues on Leviticus chapter 11, verses 29 and 30, if you want to read, read that, Ryan. Uh, yes. The following should not be eaten that creeps upon the earth.
0: Leviticus chapter 11, verses 29 and 30, to make it very clear. It says, These also shall be unclean unto you among the creeping things that creep upon the earth, the weasel and the mouse and the tortoise after his kind, and the ferret and the chameleon and the lizard and the snail and the mole. Wow, so just think think
1: about this, man. You can't eat a weasel, a mouse, a tortoise, a ferret, a lizard, snail, and mole. Look at Mickey Mouse, how how his kingdom is just growing. Mickey Mouse, you know, but you can't eat a mouse, can't eat a tortoise, a ferret, a lizard, a snail, and a mole. Definitely can't eat a weasel. Uh, So there it is, right in the Scriptures. I mean, there there it is, you know. Boom, there it is. Now, and we have in Leviticus 1144,
0: Ryan, uh, if you could read that, this is very important. uh, We're going to get to 44 for sure. It says, uh, For I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth.
1: So, once again, he's trying to separate us. You know, uh, I've heard the saying before. I do believe it was from Rabbi Messer from Simchat Torah Beit Miraj. He he made the statement that if you'll listen to anything, Ryan, you'll eat anything. That's right. It was some little play on words or a a policy there that usually plays out. Uh, But the Lord wanted to make a difference between what was unclean and clean in Leviticus uh, 1147. It actually says, to make a difference between the unclean and the clean and between the beast that may be eaten and the beast that may not be eaten. So once again, this is a choice that we all make, Ryan. And I believe that this is part of the doctrine of the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement. I do believe that you should teach... The dietary laws in your community.
0: Yeah, well, and it's... Because you can do it. Well, so it's part of the basics. So if the blocking and tackling of the basic Christian faith is uh, salvation through faith, and water baptism, and, you know, so on and so forth, then uh, this would be part of the basics, right? That uh, the relevance of Torah, uh, the Sabbath. The feast days and the dietary commands. So these, this is part of the basics, and I think a lot of times this is one of those things that we get a lot of resistance to. People are like, "Well, the New Testament says that I can eat whatever whatever I want," and of course I would beg to differ. But I want to give you guys just a few little uh, thoughts here uh, about specifically that. That does the New Testament, in fact, say that? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that it doesn't. So I'm going to start in the Old Testament here, and I'm just going to go through a couple quick things. And the first thing I want to do is, obviously, we just read uh, a bunch of verses in chapter 11. You know, you should go back and read all of chapter 11 yourself and just kind of get an idea of of uh, exactly what it's saying. But, you know, the basics are, are the basics. You know, n- no pork, uh, no shellfish, no, um, you know weird flying birds. You don't eat a vulture, right? So, And there's a reason behind it, and I think if you use your logic and reasoning, you can look at those particular things and think, like, what I really want to eat a vulture. Um, but then when you get to, like, shrimp and crab and lobster, some people, you know, get a little... Or bacon, you know?
1: It's like these survival shows.
0: Yeah. I mean, what if I had to eat something unclean?
1: I mean, I think that... I'm just saying that, you know, these survival shows, to survive... They got to eat some unclean things. I'm just saying, could I maybe be sustain myself and go back to Moses, who abstained from food and water for 40 days?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, well, that's one thought. But I I think I think that you know we want to get away from thought processes like that. And the only reason I say that is because we don't want to look at the most extreme example and then try to apply it to all of our. If I did
1: that, I'd only be I'd be unclean until evening. But you'd be unclean every evening,
0: (laughs) until every evening,
1: right? I mean, these are just these are just what ifs, you know? They are they are which, but like it's part of our culture right you know when you think about it but yeah but we don't want to take away from the fact of there's clean and there's unclean
0: that's right so so here's here's uh here's what the enemy says to to Eve they're in the garden and he says now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the lord god had made and he said unto the woman yea hath god said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden now of course this is just an example but it's that old adage did God really say? I mean, does did He really mean that? And so He gives us all these instructions in uh, in Leviticus about the dietary laws, and then we know that throughout the rest of Scripture, including in the New Testament, they don't they 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 stick to these commands all throughout. We know that Jesus Yeshua, uh, you know, the Messiah, God in the flesh, when He was here, He didn't eat any of these things. So you would think that that would be enough. But I'm going to give you even just a little bit more uh, than that. So. I bust up here to Malachi because there's always the idea, right? So we see how you've got deceived by the, uh, by the serpent. And then we see that in Leviticus, he gives the laws. Um, but then we get up here to Malachi. And in Malachi uh, chapter three and verse six, it says, uh, let me get to it real quick. Sometimes, you know, I got to play my sword drill here. So chapter three and verse six says, for I am the Lord. I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Wow. So God says that He doesn't change. And just a kind of a little little cross-reference there for you guys, in the book of James, I don't know if anybody here likes the book of James, but James is one of my favorite books. It kind of gives some of that balance to our lives to, you know, when we get to one extreme position or the other, we can go to the book of James and kind of see, like, you know, what, what really, where should my head be at on that? And this is what James says in chapter 1 and verse 8. He says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So the question is, is God double-minded? You know, he's outside of time and space. So why would, like, at one time he gives these commands and it's one thing, and then at another time he gives a command and it's another, right? It's the opposite of that. Um, th- does that make sense? The, the answer is obviously no, right? And so... Um, one of the most common things is that people say, well, you know, y- Yeshua came and he died so that we would not be in the bondage of the law. And don't even get me started on that. If we could go through the scripture over and over and over again, how much it talks about how great uh, the commandments of God are, how awesome the Torah is. David talks about it sweeter than honey, that it's, you know, the, it's perfect, you know, all of these things. Let's go to Second uh, Peter uh, in chapter 3. Uh, in uh, verses 14 through 16. The only reason I bring this up is because I'm What's not... that reference? Uh, ch- uh, this is 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. Second Peter. Yep. Chapter 3. Chapter 3. Verses 14 through 16. And the only reason 3, I'm bringing 16. this passage up is because I'm not going to get into Paul's letters on this today. Uh, I'm only going to get into some things with Peter. But I want you to just take this into account for a minute, because I'm going to talk about Peter. I'm also going to talk about what Yeshua says. Uh, But before we get into those, I want you to just take this into account. It says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. So he's encouraging them to be without spot and blameless. And then he says, An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. So God gave him wisdom, and he has written unto you as well and he says, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. So in other words, people have taken Paul's words and then twisted it in order to make it say whatever they want, or something that's convenient for them, or something that maybe they understand from a cultural construct, and they have and it's to their own destruction. So we have to be careful with what Paul says, and make sure that it agrees and test it through the rest of Scripture, because we know Paul's not a heretic, so he wouldn't say anything that's heresy. So we may just have to look at it from a different angle. Here's what Yeshua says. So I'm going to jump right into that, because I know that uh, we have limited time today and I want to get into what Yeshua says. So in chapter in Matthew chapter 15, and verse 11, uh, Jesus is talking to the uh, the Pharisees, are challenging Him about how they're not washing their hands before they eat, because they were super hungry. Uh, and, and in verse 10, He says, And He called to the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, It's not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. And if you just read that, you might catch something... In that you don't, but the, this uh, you might catch something that he's not saying. Well, the good news is that in Mark chapter seven we have the same reference, the same situation, and this is uh, this is what he says. He says, uh, it says in uh, verse fourteen of chapter seven in Mark. It says, and when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. There is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of a man, those are they that defile the man. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. So then he gives that. I was talking to Pastor Nick about dog whistles, right? So then he he puts out with the hey, listen. There's a coded message. Read between the lines there. And so here's what it says next in, in verse 17 and forward it says, And when he was entering entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. So they said, Yo, what's up with this? I don't, I don't what did you mean by that? And he's because they know the law, they know what you can eat and what's unclean and what's That's clean. Right. And so he they're saying, well, what, what did you mean by this? You that sounded funny. And so he says, uh, and he saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him, because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out in the draft, purging all meats, and meats there meaning all foods. Think about this. It goes in, it comes out the other end, and it's gone. Even when we read the laws in Leviticus and in the rest of the Torah, when it talks about clean and unclean, you're only unclean until when? When are you unclean till?
1: Until evening.
0: Until evening. So there's a, a bigger spiritual principle here, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what comes out of your mouth, what you're saying, is coming from the abundance of your heart, and therefore you are already defiled, and what you're saying is only a sign of what we already know.
1: Right. I mean, I mean, think about this, Ryan. I, I have a prophecy here that's very interesting. You know, Is it relevant for today, the dietary levels? Are they relevant? Absolutely. Once again... Eating clean meats is a choice. You cannot put that on other people. You know, it's like you can't tell people what to eat, what not to eat. You can't tell people what to celebrate, what not to celebrate. It's all a choice. But I want to remind everyone of this. In Isaiah 66 and verse 17, uh, there's an interesting uh, prophecy here. And and of course, the, the caption for this particular chapter is, God judges the nations. Now, some of you have heard this before, and I'll just share it again. Uh, If I repeat myself, it's fine. That's what a good rabbi does, right? He repeats himself. Uh, Chapters 1 through 39 in Isaiah is a picture of the Old Testament. Uh, Chapters 40 to 66 is a picture of the New Testament. So they would say that Isaiah 66 would be likened to the book of Revelation. So I find this interesting because here's what it says in Isaiah 66 in verse 17, even in reference to the dietary laws. Once again, this is a prophecy. It says that they sanctify themselves and purify themselves in the gardens behind one tree in the midst, right? Or one after another, okay? Eating swine's flesh and the abomination and the mouse shall be consumed together, saith the Lord. Oh, So think about syncretism. It's where you have truth, but you mix stuff with it. So once again, it's saying that they sanctify themselves and purify themselves in the gardens behind one tree in the midst. So behind the trees, they were doing this purification process. Sounds New Age to me. Yeah. You know, the worship of trees. But
0: isn't it the year of the pig?
1: Oh my gosh, that's right.
0: But shouldn't we be allowed to eat it on the other page? That's interesting. Or
1: no? Wow, that's the Chinese zodiac. Oh, okay. There, the Chinese New Year. Wow. <laughs> so once again, think about that. think about that, everyone. So anyway, I got a little thing here that I'm gonna I'm gonna just test Ryan. I'm going to <laughs> do so some crazy. animal sounds, and I'm gonna ask Ryan if you can eat it or not. So everybody, listen up, because I'm gonna do the sound of the animal, and Ryan's gonna say. You can eat or you cannot eat. Is everybody ready? I hope I do, okay, because okay, I don't Pay know if attention. I'm the resident right, farm expert. Right, here we go. Uh,
0: okay, so that's a duck. I think that's a duck, right? That That's a duck. Okay, so uh, uh, from a biblical standpoint, you can eat duck. Um, however, there is some laws of cash root that say that if the duck's bill is completely black, like that of a uh, swan, then you cannot. Interesting. But in that's, general, that's duck, duck is, is, is permissible.
1: All right, let's move on. Yeah, that that's I'm gonna have to study that myself. Yeah, you H- threw that one in there on me. I know, I didn't know there was a duck on here. I'm sorry. <laughs> right out of the gate, you get a duck. Okay, yeah, here I'm, we go.
0: Quack quack. That sounds like a chicken. I mean, it sounds like a weird chicken, but because I have chickens. Hey, can you say Chick Fil A? Uh, so chicken Eat is no chicken. Chicken is permissible.
1: Very good. All Thank right, you. let's let's Thank keep you. it going here.
0: Ooh, yeah, that sounds like a a pig. Oh, sounds or like Antiochus a, or a is having boar, a feast. Or a swine. Uh, I'm going to say, not good, folks. We're going to say that's not cannot on Cannot eat swine. Yeah. Unclean. Very, no, very good. No bacon. And as you, Pastor Randy would say...
1: There is no pork on the end of my fork. There you go. Hey, there's no swine where I dine. All
0: right, <laughs> let's continue on. Ooh, yeah, no, you can't eat Fido. No, that sounds like a dog. Only in Asian countries. No, you still can't eat it. Yeah. Cannot mm-hmm. eat dog. Yeah, no. Remember
1: that. You cannot eat dog. Yeah, it's not even food. And
0: felines, you can't eat cats. Oh yeah, it's not even good food. Very good. All right, this is good. Oh, we're repeating. Yeah, keep going. I, let's I guess get, that's it. Push it again. Let's hit. No, there's there's some other stuff on there. Okay, let's let's try it. That's okay, enough you, of that. You can't eat pig. Push the button.
1: It came up twice. Maybe maybe somebody needed that. Yeah. No. Just... All right, here we go.
0: Ah yes, like music to my ears. You hear that? That sounds oh, like the dinner bell. Sounds like <laughs> a lamb without blemish. Hey, Passover's
1: coming, folks.
0: <laughs> so, yes, you can eat lamb or goat if that were, in fact, a goat.
1: Lamb or goat. Very good. Yep. Very good. Because
0: they parted the hoof and cloven footed and, and chew the cud. Chew the cud. There you go. Another one. Oh, no. No good. Oh, the cow. Yes. That was like a combo. Yeah. Where was this like when we needed it? I don't know, but it went from like,
1: <laughs> wow we got to really be on our toes now. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast because we want to just really bring truth to the matter and, and, and be a little lighthearted at it. But obedience is a serious matter. And uh, I want to thank Ryan for his input as well on the dietary laws. And, and just remember, God is really uh, creating some incredible opportunities for all of us to be. asked the Holy Spirit, go to the Lord. You know, I always tell the out for eating uh, pork or or eating pepperoni pizza, you know, we don't serve that food here, but I'm just saying that that's a choice that you have to make. So keep that in mind as you begin to do these things, understand the, uh, the obedience to it and then begin to practice it and follow it only if you believe it. Amen.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay, guys, I encourage you guys to get in there and read it for yourself as always. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, uh, this topic always brings up lots of questions and concerns and ideas and counter ideas and things like that. So if you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at ryan at 2praise.net. That's ryan, R-Y-A-N, at 2 uh, You can also call the office here, uh, 813-654-2222. And remember that you guys can live stream the services uh, either on our website at 2 or any of our social media. you, And have a great week.